before we start, start, I'll just uh, tell him you're going to introduce, and then that we'll introduce him. Is, is, is the journalistic integrity here to the behind the scenes of our show? Yes. Gosh. I mean, they can't hear the microphone you're speaking into, so oh, yeah. it sounds like you're talking quieter. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Small Brains, Big Picks. We are on our we're road to 50 now. This is our 26th episode. Yeah. Um, we are here with a guest on the telephone. Uh, say hello. Yeah, we got... Hello, we got, hello, hello. What's up, Delante? Yeah, we've got uh, Delante Jones, um, notably known as uh, Vibes by Jones when he's uh, DJing, uh, notable girl dad. Notable championship winning varsity girls basketball coach, notable English teacher, um, all that. Um, so how you doing, man? I'm blessed, man. Thanks for having me. Glad Thanks to. Thanks for having me. Wonderful intro. <laughs> all, all true. Can't lie on camera. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, you can't. It's like the internet. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, no one's lied there's on there no, yet. There's never been a lie on the internet. Don't want to start a yeah. bad precedent. Yeah, yeah, We don't want to be for the sure. first. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, today, uh, among the things in your intro uh, that we specifically wanted to have you on here for um, is the fact that you are a uh, championship winning varsity girls basketball coach. And we want to discuss in a couple different ways um, this uh, just high school sports and the role they play, especially around this conversation that's been coming into the forefront a lot around this like let us play movement um, of athletes at all levels from eight-year-olds all the way up to the pros asking COVID restrictions to be lifted uh, to allow their seasons to, to go on as planned or in some form. Um, so to, before we get kind of into that, I'm, a main question I kind of just want to get everyone's opinion on, but I can start with you, Delante, um, is just like what do high school sports mean in general? Like what, what role do they play along aside from just being entertainment? Uh, I for me, I, I think the last thing that comes down to me is entertainment. And I think that that's probably because I'm a coach. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking high school level. I think that if you are participating at that level, it seems like a livelihood type deal. Um, because I think what we're trying to teach in the grand scheme of like teamwork and discipline and hard work are like human skills. It's, it's a bigger thing than basketball, and I think you hear folks say that like, like it's always bigger than the sport. Um, so I think ultimately, high school basketball for me and just like sports in general has always been like an outlet just to – it's a, a, a like expression, like how you have music and how you have uh, authors who write books and, you know, great folks like you guys who put out a podcast. You know, sorry, you got a long list of – accolades as well it's always still like that outlet and expression for you like playing basketball with you at the school i can see part of your personality in the way that you play ball right and and for team sport it's like it's like a group project you know what i'm saying it's, and, and it's always staple somewhere like you can go back and check those artifacts like we were here and we did this thing rather good or bad so i i think of it as as just uh yeah, just another art form. Yeah, I like that's that. How, that's why I do it. 
I like that artifacts piece of like those kind of, you can't take those moments away. Um, and I mean, you know, for me, like you, you know, you noted that like, I, you know, I played sports growing up and for me, I wasn't sitting around going like, oh, I'm going to keep playing basketball because I want to learn life skills. Right. When we're, when you're a kid, you're just trying to play because you love the feeling of being on a, on a court of like forgetting what else is going on in your life of committing to something of trying to get victories and just like play because it's fun. Um, but same as you as a coach now, I think a lot less. I think the more I coach, the less I think about winning directly and see winning as a product of a lot of those lessons and almost not, not the most important one either, right? Um, and Andrew, I'm, I'm specifically curious on your opinion because while you are a sports lover and were a sports player earlier in life, you were in the music world in high school and were really not involved in athletics. Yeah, I think it's actually great that there's, I think there shouldn't be athletes. I think like you can't, I think four like athletes in high school should have a year where they can't do sports and have to do something else because, you know, there's, you know, well-rounding a human being, like there just needs to be more emphasis put on things that aren't sports in high school. I think that, you know, if they're every junior and it would be required to do something else, I think that that as long as there's the infrastructure there, it's a, it's better than athletes because you know it, it i think that the does teach teamwork and it teaches a lot of good things it also teaches uh, a value system in a hierarchy that that can be you know i'm playing devil's advocate here because you know otherwise it's not an echo chamber but I, you know i think it can create a world that is like problematic and that we especially i mean no one where we go into high school was ever going to go anywhere so, you know, the D2 is maybe the right. high watermark. As much as some of them may have uh, liked to think they would. Right. So it's a different yeah. thing uh, where we grew up. But, uh, you know, I think that it's an even bigger problem where, you know, football, it, like football schools in Texas, you know, high schools build their whole their whole culture, their whole of their town, not even just the high school around the football teams. And if you could take away a year of that, and force them to do something else. Maybe it's charity work. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. you know. See, so I, and, and I can let you jump in as well, Jones, but I'll just say quickly, like, I I see it a little bit differently in that I see the same issues that you see. Like, we all know the tropes of, like, that are often true of, like, the athletes at schools are entitled and, like, often the bullies in schools and, like, macho I often view that as like, we need to change the way that we're coaching. Um, You know, where you don't see that is like Delante's girls don't act that way because the coaching around it is all around. Like you are the best of this school. You are like the most well-rounded and thoughtful. If you're going to be an athlete, you need to be these things and you need to learn these lessons. But I don't think that's how it's conceived of in like the most competitive Texas football schools. Um, yeah, I'm, I I think that's an interesting concept. People have their own kind of uh, biases and their own kind of, like, issues and baggage that they're bringing into, like, sports at all levels. Like, if we talk about college-level college, college, college level sports and then, like, the business aspect of it, not really so much caring about those young men and women, like, living out their college dreams, but they lost a lot of money last year that they're not necessarily trying to lose again this year. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about high school level, you know, especially schools, bigger markets like Texas or Florida, 
I might be trying to live out the last of my glory days through this program. And it is big money there too. Like coaches getting paid, you know, millions of dollars. So if you don't do sports at the level for the, the, the kids, the young adults that you're impacting, especially like when you're done and your sports career is over and all you really can do is be an influence. Like those are the people that we need to get away from the, the game. And I feel that that'll go back to, um, the point earlier about athletes needing to do other things beyond sports because I think as a music lover I would love for like all of my students to take like a poetry class but I'm also on my my girls about self-defense because I know if I can get them to engage in like tactics of self-defense it's gonna help them box out better in the long run because <laughs> so a win-win for everybody but ultimately it's a bigger win for them uh-huh and I, uh, so like, again, being from that, from that coaching perspective, I, I'm big on in the last year and a half trying to, and I got this a lot from, from Greg Popovich of the same as you talking about your girls, the self-defensive. I know Greg Popovich, even with these young men he's teaching and like grown ass 40 year old men as well in the NBA he has always emphasized like they have a segment of every practice devoted to just like talking about current events. He sends his players reading lists of books to read about leadership, about like discipline, about um, kindness, about history. Um, and like he views himself and I, and the uh, important part of that is that Greg Popovich isn't doing that because just out of like this altruism, right? he has also won a hell of a lot of games. I think he understands that when you're winning happens, when you're able to kind of cultivate those things um, in the forefront as well. Right. I mean, I mean, another thing too is, or another, like uh, I, you know, it says something that Greg Popovich is the exception and not the rule. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, I think it's great that like, emphasizing it on a, on a global on a on a scale as coaches i think that's a really important thing to do cuz at the end of the day at least the coaches that you know evan had and the people you know in the sports program that we had you know we were no one was again like i said no one was going to go anywhere no matter what they thought so the coach was one of the most valuable people in your life and if the coach has the value system um that is set up to to appreciate uh you know mindfulness and leadership and a, a again a well-rounded person I think that goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. You didn't play college sports, Delante, but I know you've got a couple of siblings playing very competitive college sports. Like, speaking on, like, what do you think that has meant for them in terms of not just, like, outside of athletes, like that more of an athlete framework? What, do you, what, part of, what role has that played in their lives from your view? Um, I think I, that's kind of like what I, what I try to talk to them about the most. I think so much people talk and look at my brothers and sisters. Um, one in Mar Marquette was at Clemson. Uh, and all you talk to them about is basketball and about the season, about what's next. I try to spend a lot of time talking to my sister just about, you know, she's trying new things with her diet. Um, like I gave up meat for a couple of years and now she's trying it. She's cooking her own food, being the way, um, you know, she's staying with a roommate for the first time. So she got a lot of other things going on beyond basketball. So always trying to keep them focused on that. Like me and my brother, uh, honestly enough, talk about like politics a lot. Mm. And uh, uh, we're both into like, um, we're both into like investing 
in like multiple ways, like both resource wise, but then also like in people. So we do a lot of conversations about that. And I try to, as much as possible, keep their minds in, in the mode of like, that's a, like for them, you know, I don't know what that trajectory looks like. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's bright right now. And, you know, I'm claiming everything for them, the, the greatness that they have. They always understand it, like, even for the greatest, it's a time for the end. And I think if you don't have an identity within yourself outside of what you do, and that's for anybody, like, it's people that teach, and you don't have no identity outside of teaching. It's people that, you know, firefighters that don't mm-hmm. have no identity outside of being a firefighter. So a lot of people have to stop attaching their identities to one, like, scope of sequence. I had a conversation with somebody who was like, how you doing? And then they got to talking about their job and how much they got paid. It was like the weirdest interaction ever. <laughs> but I had to really understand that, like, no, when I asked this person, like, how you doing? That's what they associated with their being, like how they felt at that time and I, or what they thought they were. And I was like, oh, I get it. Man, that's that's uh, powerful. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 well it's well worded. Um, I mean, I think most people value their self-worth in one thing. And that's what they do, um, I think. So, it's it's in, it's it's uh, it's eloquent of you just to, to to voice that. I mean, what that you know, it's yeah. Again, it's not new ideas, but it's it's important ideas that sometimes get lost in the shuffle. Is this idea of 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 investing in yourself instead of investing in this one thing? I mean, how many? It's a lot of basketball players that get to the highest level, play in the NBA. Football players that play in the NFL, baseball players, whatever that play for like a year or a half a year or so like our brother's ex-girlfriend played for the lions played he was a, he was a football player and he played for like the lions and a number of other teams but his he, girlfriend's dad his girlfriend's yeah, his dad his girlfriend didn't play for the lions you yeah. don't know yeah you don't know you don't follow football <laughs> um but uh you know he he went on to become an english teacher and that's what he does he's an english teacher now yeah. and so it's about like again mindfulness in yourself and so it's really powerful to hear you say that I think it's an important message to keep thinking. Yeah, and that's and I think um, again, it's it's try to never blame things on kids, right? Because they're kids. It's our responsibility to like push that, like build up the the right thought processes and disciplines, and let them live out their mistakes and and get uh, you know pursue their path. But you hear a ton from kids, and again, it's our fault because of this culture that Delante is talking about, that Jones is talking about. Um, of like what do you want to be and there's a, a finite number of answers that a 16 year old boy especially has in their head and for a lot of them it's like I want to play in the NBA it's like okay well you got cut from the JV team last year like do you have other plans um, and I think that says a lot about our messaging and, and what we put value on um, and that's a whole other conversation about mm. capitalism right and like the what capitalism puts value on um that would we you know we could talk about for three four hours i'm sure but um it's definitely and it's definitely an important one um i guess i'll i'll throw it to y'all for a, a final word on this and then i want to take a, a quick break to do this uh what's the word game so uh I, my my final word is like man like let kids be kids like i like what you said about providing them the opportunities um, just to find themselves. Like a lot of times when I go back to who I am at the core 
it was through a lot of lessons that I learned in high school. And mm-hmm. like Quiet as Kemp, as competitive as I am in athletics, I did ROTC in high school. Like that was, mm-hmm. I was like drill team. And, you know, it was different, totally trajectory than what my life is now. But it was so many lessons I learned through that. And then a lot of my instructors just allowed us to be students, allowed us to be kids. And when we bumped our heads, they were there as adults to help, like, smooth and clean things up because that's what adults are supposed to do. You went through it a lot. You get how serious it is or it isn't. But yeah. don't get lost in just the competitive and the numbers because especially girls basketball, like, man, I'm, I'm building so much more than, like, championships was cool like i love that feeling but also being in the trenches with a team and just getting better day by day that feels a lot that feels awesome as well so Uh yeah um cool well i'm gonna take us into uh the word game so this is straight up stolen from pti pardon this interruption um I love stealing from them because it's a good ass show and uh they got they have good simple games uh so we're gonna uh, do a little toolbox uh, game. I know you came up with a few of them, Delante, but I'm going to just read them off, uh, read off the first one, and then we can each, you know, complete the sentence with our word and speak on it, but, you know, maybe not too long, like 30 seconds to speak on it if you want to add anything. Um, so this first one comes from, from you and comes from our topic, um, but I'll throw it to Andrew first um, to start us off. So high school without high school sports would be tremendous. <laughs> um, yeah, no, especially without football. But I think in general, like high schools are completely high schools and college are completely built widely off of the backs of students uh, boostering for them in sports. And if we rethought that um, things would change really quickly in the value system we put differently. Uh, that is my contrarian um, mix things up. All right, hit us, uh, Jones. College, uh, high school without high school sports would be. Man, I, I was caught up in what I was caught <laughs> up in that. That was fun. That was that was great. Um, okay, say it again so it, it can yeah, all flow. I got you. Repeat the question. High school without high school sports would be transformative. Transformative, and I just say transformative because people have to figure other things out. Like, even without a season, I'm still going to find time to spend. I got seven seniors on the team. Not spending time with them, not working with them, not building because we aren't playing games anymore. I, yeah, somebody should take my coaching credentials if that happens. Mm-hmm. All right, high well, school sports without – or what is it? High school without high school sports. High school without high school sports would be um, a vacuum. A vacuum. Um, I think like a vacuum cleaner. Not not like a vacuum cleaner, but it would create this power vacuum. I think, or not even power vacuum, but so many people like uh, Jones and you both articulated. So many people's identities are invested in athletics, right? Adults and kids. Um, and without it, I think people would have to just like that conversation around jobs. People would have to reevaluate. Like, a, what do I do with all this time? What do I do with uh, my interests? What, what, where, how do I refocus? Um, as someone who is passionate about high school sports, a world without high school sports would be, would be, it would create a vacuum. And I think what would fill that, what would replace that could be great and could be incredible and empowering. And it could also be another iteration of something uh, that's equally problematic 
at times and powerful at times. Uh, I think it's a, it, if if there was no high school sports, but there was high school, you can't just say, just say that time doesn't exist. I think that time still needs to be given to the coaches, but the coaches need to be doing the kind of professional development that Delonte has been hitting hitting at, like that he's going to be still working with the same group of girls mm-hmm. and working to be you know better them without the the the, the ball uh, you know in the court. It's yep. still nothing changes. It's just about changing the values. Um, um, do I want to throw yours. Oh, yeah. here's mine. <clears throat> anti-mask, white anti-mask protest in Target is. Mm. Who's, who's going first? Evan, you can go ahead. All right. White anti-mask protests in Target is uh, unsurprising. Um, I think, yeah, w- white people always trying to find a way to be outraged. Um, like, every, you know, oppression Olympics, people, you say you get, you're feeling pain, you, you have trauma. Like, man, even that white people want to be, got to be the best at or have, the, have equal say in. Um, so as soon as people speak out against the, the institutional traumas and, and oppression they're facing, you know, white people are going to find one. And uh, I guess they, they found one, one that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they found one in uh, the oppression of the cloth mask. So, yeah. yeah. Have so you seen the video? I have seen the video of the people marching through Target, sure. screaming, take them off, take them off. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wait, they're trying to wait till they're, they're running up to people asking them to take their they're, masks off? They're running through Target with their masks off, screaming, take them <laughs> off, take the take the chains off, take the mask off, be free. Uh, listen, <laughs> listen. Like, ah, wait, wait, man. let me set you up, let me set you up, let me set you up. <laughs> Go ahead, Andrew. White anti-mask protests in Target is? Unsanitary, unsanitary. <laughs> Shout out to Tate Christie. It's unsanitary, that's that's unbelievable. Like out of all the things you should worry about right now, you're worried about me and my mask. Everyone wants to be in control of somebody else and that that's like weird. Like it's, <laughs> I, I, I think one for me coming from a I have privilege as a male. I, I definitely acknowledge that. So I won't say I'm not privileged. But I don't like white white privilege is different for me. Because it's just, I don't fathom it. Like, I don't even understand why you care so much. Like, I don't get, because one, caring in the past has culturally, like, got, got me in trouble. Like, my <laughs> me and my people in trouble. Like, and being invested in too much. So, nah, that's crazy. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to curse, but that's no, you, no, you can no, say whatever the wild. fuck you want on here. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, fuck it, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we're not on network that's TV. Wow. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, all right, like, Andrew, I'll really you up. This Good. is the dawn of online. Like you can really order things to your door. You don't have to come outside. Like why do you care? <laughs> right. Right. Thanks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Andrew, white anti-maskers protesting at Target is is par for the course. Tastical. Par for the course. That's hyphenated. That's yeah, one it, word. That's okay. all one word. Yeah. Par for the course. Tastical. Um, the video is hilarious. It's like literally something that you'd see in like Wayne's World three. Like it's a, like you know these ridiculous people being ridiculous, and they've got their "Make America Great Again" hats on, and they're marching oh. through Target, and you know it's like they're marching from the electronics section to the frozen food section. Like it's not like you know the march on Washington. Is that yeah. what they really think they're doing? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think Andrew and I have said this before, but as as much as we both 
100% are com complicit with the system of white supremacy and benefit from white privilege in many ways, um, though we are on our path trying to be more anti-racist every day. We often say, like, we, we must have stopped getting the emails because, like, some of these things white people do, it's like, man, when did, when did y'all start doing that? Like, we, we don't get the white people emails anymore. I think we're off the newsletter. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, all right. Nah, um, you got you to gotta be, you, it's the same place they buy those hats. Right, right, right. Hat, they put you on the special list, sir. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's right, it. Yeah, yeah. it comes, comes free with the hat. It's like, oh, listen, this is a good name for it. You know how you have Banana Republic? It could be the Mayonnaise Republic. The Mayonnaise, mayonnaise, the mayonnaise wow. Republic. Wow. That's the name of the episode. That's yeah. the name of the episode. I was going to say that the newsletter is, is exclusively on the back of mayonnaise jars, but, <laughs> but you beat me to it. Mayonnaise Republic. All right. Yeah. Well, for the last one... Uh, Jones first last uh, since you sent me three I'm going to use another one of yours because I like I like this I mean it will kind of ease us into the next topic here uh, college sports still not compensating their athletes is uh, and we'll go same order Andrew say it again Can college I sports still not compensating their athletes is par for the course tastical oh um, wow yeah, well, I'm, I'm still hyphenated I still hyphenated all right uh, Yep. No, I, I, yeah, no, it's, of course, of course not. Why would they pay them? You know, they get a, you know, they get, let's, let, let, I'm just going to shit on football because I feel, I'm feeling ready to do that. Yeah. I mean, they give, get brain damage, get a little free education. Maybe not. I mean, you know, they walk yeah. away with less skills than most high schoolers, but you know, here you go. Here's your free education. No money. Put your body through it. A lot of people, this will be the highest level you ever play at. And um, it's chasing a, a pipe dream. It's like a, it's a pyramid scheme. It's like maybe if you give us your body, well, you can come out the other side and we'll give you greatness. Is, is, is that a troll? Is he trolling right now? Um, he's, yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> this is a big, big sarcasm for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so used to it that I had to think about, like, wait, did he not make that obvious? Like, because I'm looking at him, too, so I see the ridiculous smirk no, on his no, face no. as he's I, saying I, all that. Just, the, the key is is that I've heard, I feel like I've heard that argument, like, it sounded real. Right. It sounded like <laughs> That's terrifying. That's terrifying. It was like, oh, oh. Thank you. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, That's, ter that's terrifying. Well, uh, Jones, college sports still not compensating its players is? Uh, despicable. Despicable. Um, yeah. Like when I, when I broke down the whole nonprofit game and, and how that worked, I was like, oh, man, this is, this is like murderous. And, and exactly to what you said to the, the body comment, is that some of these kids are coming out of a situation where they can't walk. Mm -hmm. Like they can't they can't provide provide for themselves. If you got hurt in the workplace and any other job like that, you would get disability. Like you would get benefits. Like people would just leave you hanging. You would have somebody would be accountable. But yeah. Despicable. Despicable. Mm -hmm. And untaxable. Yeah. Um, Andrew, you wanna lob it back to me? <clears throat> College sports not compensating their athletes is uh Capitalism at work, hyphenated capitalism at work. Um, yeah, I, I, this is like becoming a theme of this podcast, but like a lot of roads point back to capitalism. They'll get away with whatever they, they'll do whatever they can get away with, right? And mm -hmm. 
the, I am, have zero belief in the goodness of the of people, period, um, as pessimistic as that sounds, but certainly of the people in power in this country. I have very little belief in goodness for the sake of goodness. They're not going to pay athletes until it is either forced by law or is financially, like, makes sense for them. Until there are financial incentives, it's the same reason that if you turn on the TV now, every single advertisement all of a sudden has people of every every ethnicity and race in the world and is all ends with a message about Black Lives Matter because that is now financially beneficial to these companies. Like, don't get it twisted. It's a good thing that they're speaking out about this, but there's a reason that it is. They did a financial calculus and in a capitalist world, um, the money is... Uh, being pro-black is now good for the money, at least to the extent of creating advertising campaigns. And it goes the same way to, with paying to, athletes. Um, to advise, to advertise pro-black. Right, yeah, yeah, just as far as advertisement, right. Being advertising the pro, being. the optics of pro-blackness. Maybe not the action, but the optics of pro-blackness, uh, the appearance of pro-blackness is good for your pocketbook. Um, in in corporate America, right? At least right now, it may not be in six months. And it's so ridiculous, right? Because this is a golden opportunity to teach financial like awareness and stability and set yourself up. Because the vast majority of college athletes don't go anywhere. They don't become professional athletes. They don't get a chance yep. at the big paycheck. So maybe they don't pay them on the day, but they set up like you know an investment fund or something that they allows them to that when they graduate with their degree or whatever they get you know, that money comes back to them and they can either start a business or they get financial advising Imagine or that. they, you know, that sets them up to be successful after their playing days are over and they should totally get disability. I mean, like you said, they, they can't walk. It's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Imagine that world, man. That's That sounds like a beautiful world. Imagine a world where every college athlete graduates with a fund they've accumulated through their service in the sport, r- waiting for them upon... That they're exiting the program along with an advisor who will help them manage their money and along with incentives in, in terms of like loans for starting a business or pursuing a career that they want to pursue. Like why can't, that wouldn't be that hard to set up every, every D one program could easily create the resources in a month to set those things up if they wanted to. Right. And then, and then honestly, from a business standpoint, if you're being equitable, where is a college athlete going to return that money mm. to the to the community that they probably near the school? And where will those kids eventually like? They're not going to. I can't really see an athlete who starts a business necessarily starting a uh, a chain of you know what I'm saying like yogurt yogurt spots. Mm. And I, I don't really I don't really see that. But he might go back to a community and build a new you know football field or recreation right. facility. Right. You know what I'm saying? So where something that he experienced or didn't have when he came and ultimately when those kids come back, it'll be resourceful for everybody. Like if we mm-hmm. were better to people from a capitalistic standpoint, like money wouldn't stop because there's enough out here. Obviously yeah. it's enough out here, but it's just this place. And, and the crazy thing about this, this scenario, right? Is it doesn't even hurt the pockets of the filthy rich. At all. Yeah. <laughs> It just, it just like, you know, you just reallocate the same money that you're getting from the tax breaks 
just a little bit differently. That doesn't go to the president. That doesn't go to the coach. That just goes into the endowment. Yeah. If you just set that aside, and it doesn't even need to be a ton of money. Can you imagine how people would lose their minds if every college athlete got a guaranteed $50,000? And that's like nothing compared to like their wages that they made. But if it was like yeah, just $50,000. I, mean, I was going to say even... Ten grand. College athletes walk out uh, four years of service with with a ten grand fund to get them started on a business. Like even that, and that's not even that's you know that's revenue from from one Alabama football game covers those payments. That's the for, beer for tickets. A, that's the yeah. beer tickets at one Alabama. Not probably not even. That's one section of one beer tickets. Yeah, you know that's the bleachers. Yeah, bleachers. You don't have to. You don't have to give me anything. Like imagine if. A young like if Marquette sold my brother's jersey, like and it had his right. name and he got right. paid from the likeness. Do you know how many people in my community I could get to buy that jersey right. if they knew it was? You know, what I'm saying those funds were going to his pocket directly. Yeah. Like why? Why shouldn't? It? That's real. It's his. Like would nobody else buy any any other way? And that's coming right so, back, right? Because if he knows coming that, right, if he on, knows man. that the community's buying his jerseys, putting money in his pocket. When he graduates and wants to start that business, even more reason that the business isn't going to be froyo in the suburbs, but is going to be coming back and giving back to that community that supported him during his career um, and bringing everything full circle. If we're coaching people and if the culture of coaching is built on building up young men and women um, more than it's built on ruthless pursuit of victory, um, even more magnifies the the reality that people will come back and give back to their communities um, because their communities gave to them. Right, and it's like this isn't even like, you know, we, we're talking about this like this is fantasy world, but in reality, this is like how actors often get the biggest paychecks is they get a receipt, they get a little percentage of the ticket sales, or they get, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson for the Batman movies got a percentage of the action figures they sold. And they sold, you know, like ridiculous amounts of action figures wow. uh, for Batman, for the Joker when he was the Joker. Like, this is not a ridiculous idea. Other other big capitalist industries in America are built on the same idea. So it doesn't, you know, yes, everyone in the community might buy your brother's jersey, but so might like a whole bunch of people that are not even directly, they just look up to your brother because he's a professional, he's a semi-professional yeah. athlete. Yeah. So it's not a ridiculous idea by any means. Yeah, that's crazy. Um well, so trying to not, not talk forever, because I, I think we, we can all talk about these topics for a long time. Um, we'll have a, I want to redirect us for just a couple minutes back to this idea. Um, we've talked a lot about the different value and, that sports can have and the roles that it can play uh, in different communities and at different levels. Um, right now, there's a huge movement, the Let Us, Let Us Play movement. Um, that was kind of the impetus for us wanting to have this conversation, though it hasn't been a ton of the focus of the conversation. Um, like, what are what are people's thoughts around, you know, the Big Ten just went back on their original statement that they would not be playing football and have started a season. Um, what are people's thoughts around, around college teams playing? Um, are fans in NFL arenas, which surprised me. Jones the first. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, for the movement, I think kids need to have something to believe in. I'm not stopping anybody's voice from um, standing up for what they believe in. So I'm I'm impartial on that. But then also from a coaching standpoint, the biggest thing I keep stressing to my girls is not about us wanting to play. It's like, can we safely do it? 
can we safely do it? I got I got like kids. I got a kid at home, so it's different for me to bring back those germs. And then when you talk about college, you brought up the Big Ten traveling. You couldn't keep Lou Will, you know, what I'm saying out of Magic City to get some wings right. to get some allergic wings. You think you're gonna be able to keep a college, you know, what I'm saying athlete, right, in a bubble? Uh, it be it's it's not likely. And then I I hate to be like grand scheme guy, but what happens again when we were just talking about if one of those students die, right, from COVID, right? Like oh, it'll be a big memorial and it'll be tributes out the wazoo. You know what I'm saying? Family might get a small, but bro, ultimately the money is gonna go back to that business from capitalizing even off that. Mm-hmm. So, right, nah, they'll, I, they'll I, put I, a patch on jerseys and then sell the jerseys at the team store. Oh man, yep. Oh man, yeah. I think uh, I think you hit on something really really powerful. Is this like that? COVID is dangerous. COVID is an extremely dangerous disease. That you know, I'm I'm as big of a a, a person about this as I'm I'm as equally offendable as 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 the next person as I know you are, Evan, and like we all are. But we all have this fatigue of this illness that has messed up this year, a a very shitty year already, but it's really messed up everything in our lives. However, it's still dangerous. And that's the big problem with COVID is uh, we have a huge population of the country of, of America and our president who will remain nameless is fucking making this stupidly political. It's a fucking disease. If we don't, if we value the health and wellness of people in our country, over capitalism, just for this fucking moment, maybe for one, the first time in a hundred years, maybe we would have a world where sports could safely happen. But the Big Ten's reversal is like so pathetically transparent that it's tied to money. Yeah, I mean, and you said you said to me off camera before we started that uh, when I brought up this topic that like, I mean, at the end of the day, it was most likely it, the decision was made probably with no consultation of doctors. The decision was mostly most likely made. After one call from the boosters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's overly pessimistic. um, But I I do think you hit on a really interesting point of the, uh, the coronavirus fatigue, the COVID fatigue of like, it's not over just because we want it to be over y'all. Like everyone who was staying inside in in April because you genuinely believed it. And now like, I'm just tired of being inside. So let me kind of assume that maybe COVID's not as dangerous as I thought it was in April. It just don't work like that. That's it's wild to even to even think that it will come down to are we gonna sacrifice some lives to get this money? Like how who again, going back to that like privilege, I can't even think of like when that would be an option. Like nothing about my character says money should overvalue lives. Like especially for even on the smaller scale. Folks who've been in the house and now you want to get outside, you want to party, you want to do whatever, you won't have any troubles or worries if you're dead. So yeah, and 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 it comes back to like you said, privilege. I mean, a lot of the people that are going to be impacted the most by this are not going to look like me and Evan. It's just like the truth. I mean, it's it's going to disproportionately affect, uh, you know, people of color. Yeah, because that's the best athletes in the in the country, far and away, are people of color, and so you know. It's easy to say, oh, well, my son's not going to actually go to class at all in the fall. He's going to stay home and do his classes online. But, yeah, we definitely need the football team to be playing. But, yeah, and, and I mean, uh, 
I th- I think if you look at I think it is does say something if you look at these let us play rallies because they've actually had like whole ass rallies for let us play um they do tend to though I know athletes of of every race want to play um if they can safely want to play badly but uh you look at these let us play rallies they look a lot like a mayonnaise republic meeting um <laughs> <laughs> because Usually. you're sending you're sending little Johnny outside. Yeah, you're sending him out there. Yeah, and and another another system of oppression that we're not even touching on is the idea that we have built a system where the main way out of poverty for a big portion of of people of color in this country of of Black Americans is sports. We and and we've been like pushing that narrative. You know, for you know, since sports were professional in the United States, the last hundred and twenty-five yeah. years or something, right? So it's ridiculous. Like those numbers, those numbers aren't being talked about about the seniors last year that might have been impartial, like in between scholarships. Like, what are they doing now? Mm-hmm. Yep. And man, I think I think because uh, our producer's telling us we got to finish up anyway. Like. I'll throw it to y'all for a last thought, but I think that kind of brings us full circle, right? Of uh, at the end of the day, what are they doing? Because we created a culture where their identity was invested in their ability to throw a football mm-hmm. or to dunk a basketball, um, and that they didn't have an identity outside of that. They didn't know who they were beyond how many points they scored in a game, um, and that's and that's our fault. That's never a kid's fault. Yes. Uh, beautiful, beautifully said. Um, before we let you go, uh, Delante, we'd, I'd love to hear just uh, your final thoughts. What are you keeping in mind? What are you keeping um, present for yourself uh, headed into the fall flu season, but back into the school year? I know you're a teacher. What are you trying to keep uh, front of mind? Uh, I, I, biggest, I'm hearing like uh, Childish Gambino's uh, red bone in my head right now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hearing like that's stay woke like ultimately it's a it's a lot of things trying to distract us from like real issues that are going on right now and like as a coach as a sports lover sports right now and what everything is going on is a distraction so please don't get caught up in that smoke screen um but then on the teacher side coach side like whatever you do whatever happens and whatever has to go on please like humans like just exercise with compassion like exercise with humility and then also with honesty. Um, I don't have answers for when my, I talk to my girls about the season. I don't have answers about what could be, what's going to happen. But ultimately I know that I can say that I'm going to be there and I'm going to be present. What that looks like, we don't know, mm-hmm. but man, man, get outside yourself. Stay out of Target if you don't want people to have their masks on. Stay your ass at the crib. Like, nah. But, but thank y'all for real. This is this has been great. I, I enjoyed this conversation, and I thank y'all for y'all honesty and everything that y'all acknowledge. Because I can I can see it's sincere. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you Jones. Yeah. Anytime you want to come back on, you're more than welcome. And uh, you know, good luck on your school year. Be safe, and uh, thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, give give Great. my love. Appreciate to, Give my love to Cherry and in, in, in your baby. Yeah, y'all might hear her upstairs in the audio. She's she doing yeah. a little something right now, so I'm definitely headed that way. Cool. All I right. appreciate y'all. Stay safe. Big thank you to Delonte Jones for, for coming on the podcast. Um, yeah. Great to have an educator and a coach come on and, and, and 
get us. Uh... Delonte was great. He was like a yeah. sh- he's like a he's like a, a shaman of, yeah. of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. John, John. He's uh he's definitely a a peer mentor of mine because he all he has a way of uh, of calming people in very intense moments and just staying really centered on like what what's important, um, which is what makes him a good coach. And I think if we can all have coaches in not just sports coaches, but like mentors in general um, who keep us like centered on what's important when we get like, like he said, focused on those smoke screens and distractions, um, we're going to be all right. Well, thank you so much for watching. This has been small brains, big picks episode 26. I'm Andrew and I'm Evan. And uh, don't forget to fucking vote. Ah, yes, yes. Yeah. uh, All right. Vote, please.